Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. How would you describe yourself? How would you describe your ministry or organization? Well, those are pretty tough questions that we should know the answer to immediately articulate. If somebody says, you know, what do you do? Who are you? That question. <laughs> yes, but, but we don't always. And you give that deer in the headlight look like, okay, let me think about that. Yes. <laughs> well, keep thinking about your answer for a minute because before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do to do, 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 do the remarkable. And um, we do this through resources and relationships. But we'll have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks. You know, are, are you having a tongue-tied day? We had way too much caffeine this morning, which I must say, the, the pumpkin spice latte is, is quite yummy, but obviously a little bit um, highly caffeinated. <laughs> so you can also follow, let me let me finish that that phrase. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, today we are talking about casting your vision, and then I have to go dot 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 again because yes. it seems like we're always casting the vision. But that is such a need. And as we approach another year end, and we're looking at another year on the horizon, which just seems like crazy, crazy. But it's always a good time to kind of recalibrate and kind of you know re redefine and re and kind of assess like where have we been and where are we going and is is our vision are we still staying in line with our vision and that we- is an ongoing challenge mm-hmm. all the time and you do feel like oh we're just doing it over and over and over again and repetition is a good thing it really is well you know we both have been talking about as we get together we've both been attending you know christmas parties already and dinner parties and just even in our coffee connections and it seems like Women are just having these conversations about, um, you know, really, who am I? What am I supposed to be doing right now? And, you know, do I need to reinvent myself? Exactly. And a lot of that is due to some of the, you know, the economic situations we've had. A lot of it is due to a certain stage in life. Maybe the kids are getting older Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, now who am I? Now that my kids are in college or getting out of the house or maybe you're coming into a season where your kids are, are babies and you're going now who am I I I came out of the workforce Mm -hmm. and now I'm here but I still want to know that what I do matters well and that transition many times it doesn't happen like okay I'm starting to think it so therefore by next week I need to figure out who I am and if I do need to reinvent myself what does that look like Um, many times it takes you a while to even realize that there is a need or there is a void I know I know for me going, um, I have three kids hitting that expensive time of going into the college years and into the wedding years. And then you're also going, Oh, and I have retirement. So all of a sudden you're like, Whoa, you know, we need to really start thinking differently and start asking ourselves different questions than we did five, 10, 15 years ago. Yes. 
Yes. The, the questions look different. Yeah. And sometimes we don't like the questions we have to ask now because you're like, oh, I didn't see myself at this stage in life. And but- maybe I should have asked them 15 years ago <laughs> instead of waiting to ask them now. Yes. But yes, you do. You're, you're, you're asking um, different questions or perhaps you should be asking different questions. Well, and, and that, this has been a good conversation for us because we've been talking about listening to other other women especially say, I don't even know who I am right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I am trying to redefine who I am. And if you would ask me that question, I wouldn't know how to answer it. I would mm-hmm. kind of stutter around and stumble. And so we kind of looked at each other and said, okay, who are we yes. this day? And, and we, always, we always go back to that because we, we love listening to women and, and listening for what is that void and where is God asking us to join him so we can help in fulfilling that, especially with women leaders, women who are just doing ministry and organization or pastor's wives that are, you know, part of church plants. It's like, what exactly are they looking for? Well, and that's, it goes back to, you have to ask yourself before you understand a vision to cast, you Mm -hmm. go, why am I doing what I'm doing? It goes back to asking yourself those questions. What, what, why do I do, why do I get up each day and do this? And it starts with, you know, what, what perceived need, what yes. need do I see that I go, I can be a part of that solution. That's what it starts. And so you just kind of, you gave the answer before the question, basically, <laughs> which is what we did. We yeah. said, what is, what are the needs we're seeing? What tugs at our hearts that we go, somebody should do something about that. Oh yeah, maybe it's us that should do. And we both have had a passion for women over the years, been involved with ministry, been involved with leadership on a corporate level and different things. And so how do you take those experiences and through your new lens and maybe through your stage in life mm-hmm. or your life experience, you go, okay, here's what I see. And here's something that I, I think that maybe God is asking me to join him and, and being a part of that. And so then you kind of start asking those tough questions and you kind of keep going deeper and going, okay, so what does that look like? Mm-hmm. What does that look like? And I know for myself and for we, we both have talked about this and struggled with, we don't want to take the time to go deeper to ask those other questions. Mm-hmm. We want quick answers. We want the microwave, you know, instant, mm-hmm. like I want it to be so easy that I can just give this answer, but we don't want to have to take the time to think it through and go, okay, what is the, at the core of the need that I see and how do I see that I can be a part of that mm-hmm. with God? And, and that is one of the, you know, in asking that question, we always go back to what do women really need? And we always, you know, it's like, when through the conversations you realize they there are a lot of women that are they're they're frustrated they're um stressed out they feel overwhelmed and and maybe a little bit frazzled and so how can we um really help them in those situations because they they really want a place a safe place to be able just to kind of share their heartbeat my husband always laughs when it's like when i use that term share your heartbeat <laughs> It's like like, interesting lingo. No, I really don't want to share my heartbeat right now. (laughs) But their dreams and their life experiences, and and really it comes down to women want to know that they matter. They want to feel validated, and they they want to be in a place where they belong. And they want to know that their story is safe, that I can tell you my story. Um, without, without this judgment. And we, we like to clarify when we go into places going, okay, just so you know, this is a judgment free zone. 
Yes. You know, and, and so we're, we are not about judging. So you are free to express and free to be. I, Sometimes you just have to declare that and it makes all the difference in the world. Since we are in a, a judgment-free zone, it's funny because we were just this morning and your husband, Cal, was here and we were talking about, um, you know, just staying relevant even, except I use the term because we, we do, we want to help ministry leaders stay relevant in where they are. And I said, stay relative. And um, it's funny because I could see the expression on his face because I think he's always like, do I correct Patty one more time? <laughs> I was quite you- impressed because <laughs> normally I don't catch it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I want, we want to stay relative. But I actually caught it. So I was kind of impressed with myself. And I, I actually said, I think you mean relevant. So um, that is, that is interesting. You know, yeah. that's good. Yes. Yes, but we do, we want to be able to um, stretch ourselves and we want to stay relevant and then help other women stay relevant, which in that being creative and and just inspiring others. And so going back to that, once you can understand your why, then you have to cast a vision and rally others to to be on board with that why. And um, if you don't continue to cast a, a a compelling vision, um, we like to use the term that it leaks, but I guess when you're thinking of vision, it actually, it blurs. It blurs. And, and, and it's easy because so much life happens, busyness, and, and we have a lot of distractions in life. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of times we, we look around and we, we want to go to a new fad or something and we, or we go, we're going to talk about that I think a little later, but you know, you can get mm-hmm. off the path really easy and start going on a scenic yeah. path and you go, okay, wait a minute. I got off course to where I'm supposed to be. Well, because you're trying to get stuff done. Because casting the vision sometimes takes it takes time. And and yet if it's so much a part of your core, it really doesn't because it just it flows out of you. You're so excited about it. I know um one time we we were casting a vision to a group of women and uh <laughs> we get so excited and we're so passionate about this when we finally say you know hey are you on board and we feel that this compelling vision that we that we cast is very detailed and we feel like everybody <laughs> yes and, and and very relative <laughs> but what what is funny is that we've actually had people come back and say you were so passionate when you shared this. I really don't know what you guys are doing, but I'm in. And and we kind of like, okay, wait a minute. I'm kind of offended by that. What do you mean they didn't get what we're doing? Because we feel that it's so specific and so detailed. But really, and so clear. <laughs> a clear and concise vision here. And you realize that a lot of uh, many leaders, that they, they are um, visionaries and they, that's the part that we probably fail the most at is being clear and concise. And that's why a vision can die because you feel like everybody gets it, that they're in your head. And what's actually happening is they really are just running off of your passion and, you know, just being inspired by you being so excited about it, but you really don't have the job description or the details at all to make it happen. Well, and one of the things we, we learned many lessons along the way, and that's what it is. And you can beat yourself up so many times by going, ah, I, I missed the mark again. But through that, you, you get sharpened and chiseled as you, as you progress forward. And I just talking about, you know, casting the vision, we came in with this grandiose vision and, and we're going to go take the world and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And you and I could see it because we are visionaries yeah. and it was reality to us, you know, but when we cast it to these, to this group of women, they are just like, 
I just want to do two loads of laundry today. <laughs> That's my vision. And we are ready to go across yeah, the continent. Literally to Australia, I think yeah, we were talking, we were talking about. about. And so to us, it was doable. It was achievable. Yes. To them, it was okay, you guys are so far-fetched. I don't know if that's reality. I don't know if I can, if yeah. I'm in, because it's overwhelming to me. So one of the things is, is we've learned over the years is you're going to need to break your vision down into doable segments or yes. chunks, because not everybody's going to see what you see. Not everybody's going to grasp it. Mm -hmm. And so how do you totally, um, Break it down in doable chunks so others can see it and embrace it. And then you just, you know, it's a process mm -hmm. over time. And, but it's good to, to be, it's good to be enthusiastic and energizing with it, but learning to temper it a little bit, which has been so hard for us. Well, we're going to take a quick break and continue our conversation on identifying your vision and casting the vision. And later in our show, we will be joined by two dynamic leaders who love what they do. Lori Wilhite and Brandy Wilson will be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years, and now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list to Rockstar Radio Network. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our show this day. We are talking about leadership and vision. And Lisa and I get so excited 
I said that like I was from Minnesota. You really did. <laughs> we get so excited <laughs> when we start talking about uh, just casting the vision and what our vision is. And, and so we, we know when, if we get this excited, obviously other people get excited when you can. Or they should. <laughs> yes, we think that they would. Um, when you just start going, hey, this is what the next year is going to look like. And this is, um, once again, where we ask ourselves, what's the void here and how are we going to fill this void and what we can do um, to, to provide these solutions. So we just want to share the vision for 2014 on what Girlfriend It has. And we want to get more intentional with just a few topics that as we, we listen and we're taking the temperature of what's going on out there as women do are doing ministry, some of the topics that uh, they're looking for and they need to, for some help um, is casting a compelling, captivating vision, wanting to know exactly how to do that. And um, many times we don't think, oh, yeah, you need uh, an outline for how to cast a vision. And how do you get um, people excited about this vision? So we're going to talk and a little bit more. And where they will follow you and not say, that's nice. That And, that, and go yes. their own way and go do their laundry. Yes. Yes. And, and that's what really is hard. It's interesting that, that you say that about the, the laundry is um, you can cast a vision and get a lot, get so many people excited about it. And then you realize how come no one is really making this move. Mm -hmm. And you realize that you got them excited for that one moment there. And then yes, they're off letting life interrupt it, be it laundry or work or, you know, family or other ministries that all of a sudden they say, Hey, I'm over here in this ministry. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You come were... back and play in the sandbox <laughs> yes. with us. I thought that was a compelling vision and you were so excited about it. So how do you cast a compelling vision? We're also going to be talking about how do you conduct a meeting? And that just seems like such a boring topic for us to really be focusing come, on. Come to my meeting. But we have found when we're in an era of five generations that are all working together, all doing ministry together, that it is interesting. Um, I know for me, I don't Well, they like... all have different lenses and expectations of what a meeting should be, an effective meeting. Yes. yes. And, you know, whether it's experiential, whether, whether it's visual, whether, whether it's just give me the facts. Yes. So you're trying to appease all the different personalities and generations that are that are coming together around the table. Yeah, so we're now we're dealing with a, a very diverse group, be it multicultural, multi-generational. And um, we know, you know, we're watching the millennials. They, they do not care for meetings at all. And neither do I, which you always cast a vision to me on how significant meetings are because you really do need that it's a great way of continually keeping the vision alive and especially, by casting it. But but you don't have to make it a boring meeting. That's the thing. It doesn't have to be a boring meeting. Doesn't have to be boring. Yes, it can be an experience. Yes, and and even in yeah, an experience creating all you know all five senses are tapped in. It doesn't have to be. Here's a sheet of paper. Here's the agenda. Here's the this, bullet points. This is what we're what we're going through. But you find. When you do make those meetings captivating and irresistible, that is really the glue that keeps a team together. Because I, it, it helps the relationships form. And it is all about the relationship networking. And as, you, as we both know, anytime you go, we've been to so many conferences and we've conducted them. And, and so when you ask people what they're walking away with, a lot of times it's the networking. 
Yes. It's like the opportunity to sit with somebody and, sh- and talk and share. And I know Cal and I just got back from the Middle East and, and, you know, we went to this conference and it was great and great speakers that, but the speakers are kind of like the catalyst that charge you up to have conversation. Mm-hmm. And so it's the conversations after the a speaker that really is the value there that you walk away remembering the most Yes, of, of that going, okay. Cause they, you know, a good speaker will trigger uh, simulate conversation, good conversation, mm. but it's that networking where you're meeting different, you know, and you're hearing something from a different angle or different perspective. It so it is you. about the relationships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's what stretches mm-hmm. you. It's what grows you. And um, through all that, we're talking, you know, casting a compelling vision. How do you conduct a meeting? How do you eliminate a volunteer? Ouch. Yes. And we, we have really. These are topics we're going to be, we're going to be addressing going into 2014. And these are topics that that we realize women in leadership need to, mm-hmm. you know, and so we're, we're going to do this through the radio. We found out hearing other way. women. And, yeah. and, yes. And, and so we, we didn't have a radio show to listen to. We didn't have a PDF to look up. I mean, when we were going through this, this really talks about where we are and what generation we fit in on those five generations there, but we didn't even have you know, to go online and go, Hey, how do you eliminate? You really are dating us when we first started. (laughs) But because you, you know, through some of this, finding out a bad way of doing it and I'll, I'll share the bad way (laughs) and the good way of doing it. And and it is amazing. You know, it's like, we we all know the answers, pray, 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 pray. But there are also resources and tools that we can um, help out on, on doing that, eliminating volunteer. And which leads to the next one is, is how do you deal with conflict? Because with that conflict. talk about conflict there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of times the conflict leads to having to do an action like such as, you know, asking a volunteer to step away. Mm-hmm. Um, but dealing with conflict is so significant because we're talking about, it is all about relational We're we are really all about relational leadership mm-hmm. and tension and conflict are just, are, are going to, you know, spring forth. And especially when you're working with women, it's inevitable. You can't get away from it, but how do you manage? And so, as we, you know, we've learned some tensions are tensions to be managed. Some are to be eliminated. Some are to be dealt with. Um, but it's not running away from it, but how do we effectively deal with the conflict that mm-hmm. will come? And, uh, you know, our next two guests, Lori and Brandy, they, they wrote this book, dynamic book. And we're going to be talking about that, but they talk about, you know, they share their stories of dealing with conflict and, and leadership, which is, it's, it's so great because we, and that's why, that's why we love doing radio because mm-hmm. we get to hear from so many other dynamic leaders of how they handle things. And we learn from each other and we sharpen each other. And um, I'm excited to talk to them in a few minutes more about this, but you, you find out from other leaders, all leaders deal with this. So well, what does that look like? How do we, how do we do that? I, I know for me, how I deal with conflict is to just charge in and, yes, you do. and, um, and I might, we always laugh that I will leave blood and then you come back in and put a bow on it, but well, I don't put a bow and I mop it up <laughs> when, when you talk about the, <laughs> I don't put a bow on blood. Yeah. You wrap it up though. Really? Well. I wrap, I try to wrap. And, and, um, and, but what, what is interesting is we used to, you know, go, okay, you handle that because you can deal with conflict. But what I, I have learned from you is I've watched you also deal with conflict in a very chai style way. And I've been very impressed with your, your way isn't always the only way. And it took me a while to, and, you know, we've talked about that because there are times where I would actually be frustrated going, okay, they don't know that there's anything wrong here. They, they feel like they just got a, a, a reward. They just got rewarded for their behavior and they want to go have coffee with you. And yet 
I've also learned through the way that you deal with conflict and you ask, you know, open-ended questions that it's, there's just different ways that everyone uses their temperament in, in doing that. And so I think it's, it's And that's good. a freeing concept because I know yes. for me, it, and I have to learn to go, this is how I'm wired. Because even, you know, example, you, you and my husband are wired more kind of the same. And I, I know I'd run situations by him. And of course, he's a man who's very intentional, very mm -hmm. driven. And he would say, you know, men, they will just chop you down and then pat you on the the, you know, the backside and, and, and then they'll <laughs> yeah. go out and go golf or yes. something, you know, and as women, you're like, no, I can't, you know, it's like, we hold on to it and all that stuff. It's, it's so different, but he will say, well, just go in there and say this. And this is like, there is no way I would ever say that. Yes. And then you can feel less than going, well, am I wrong? Because I wouldn't say that and say it in that way. And you start to realizing I'm wired differently. And even you and me giving each other the freedom to go, yes, I would handle it this way. And so we have learned even in dealing with conflict that sometimes it's like, okay, you need to take this one because of your temperament. And sometimes it's like, well, I need to take that one yes. because of my temperament. And, and it works. We complete. Yes. 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 And we're going to, we are going to be talking a little bit more on, on that conflict resolution um, through 2014. But also, how do you keep your team motivated, especially when you are dealing with a lot of conflict? And if you're dealing with a team that are the majority of them are volunteers that is even um, another complicated uh, scenario that you have to to deal with but um, talking about how to put an event on and um, we we love doing events and we have learned so much not that not that we have that down to perfection by any means because each event has its own struggle and as time goes on you know things life changes and the way we do things changes and you have to adapt and be relative or relevant. <laughs> Definitely be relative. Okay. <laughs> Anyone that's listening in is they're they're hearing that going, no, it's relevant. <laughs> yes, yes. We we would know that. But you know, rel relative works too. Well then here's another one too is how do you celebrate the victories? This is an area that a lot of times we overlook because you you you're like you're all working on an event or you're all working on a project or you you've hit a milestone and it's easy to go. Whew, and and just go, I'm so glad we're on the post side of that. Yes. And and then you forget to go, we need to celebrate that. And what does celebrations look like? And and you know, have parties more. Yes. You know, really celebrate the victories and the visions that and the milestones that have been accomplished together as a team. Let them share it. Let them give feedback. Let them do all that. And so there's so much of that because that's an area that we can really neglect easy because it takes effort and you're ready to move on to the next thing mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so quickly. And and going into that, um, not only the the celebrations, but how do you deal with the the failures? And and many times you can have that be a victory too too because if you're dealing with the failure, you that's you've a good learned thing. something. Yes, that is a good thing. So even have victories over your failures and celebrate the failures and make it fun. Then that way that keeps people creative to go. You know what? Failure and willing to take risk. Yes. And being a, it's okay if I fail. I'm not because we live in a judge free zone, right? Yes. We judge create free. those opportunities. That's what we've said. <laughs> well, on how do you present new ideas and brainstorm with your team? There's just so many different topics that we are just passionate about that we want to do. But really why we do Girlfriend at Radio is because it's a virtual place where stories, insights, life experiences and leadership development happens. And and some of the most dynamic leaders and from various genres in life and ministry, we like to hear their voices. Mm -hmm. We like to have them talk with us like our two next guests. You know, just learning from each other is so significant. And then we like to create with Girlfriend at a physical place on Facebook and our website where 
we can ask those questions. And sometimes we're not going to always give the answers. And there's sometimes there's not always answers to be given. Absolutely. And but it, at least it gets your juices flowing to absolutely. where you might, God might be working in your life on different answers than what the answers that we would provide. Right. And then it's also a place for, where resources are provided, um, like some of the subjects we just were talking about, how to deal with some of these things. And it's also Girlfriend at Radio is a place where relationships get nurtured. And like I said, we, we like to say we're about, le- you know, relational leadership development. And what does that look like? And just working together, especially as women, we're wired for relationships. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll continue our conversation about leadership and vision. And we're going to be joined with our two special guests and special girlfriends, Lori Wilhite and Brandy Wilson, who are the co-leaders of Leading and Loving It. We'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a -a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 or 3 Central on toginet.com. Juliana is certified as a life coach who wants people to connect. Connect with what lies beneath, those truths and answers. And through her counseling practice, she has helped others find their personal power and fulfill their dreams. And she wants to do the same for you here on Connect with Juliana. Through intimate discussions, intriguing subject matters, and the expertise of her guests. For more on Juliana and her show, check out her website, connectwithjuliana.com. Juliana will cover it all. Nothing is off limits. She wants to know what matters to you. Make the connection. Tune in to TogiNet to connect with Juliana to find out the facts that could be hidden beneath the surface. Connect with Juliana on TogiNet to make a quality connection in your life. Friday afternoons at 4, 3 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a bug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. is about to erupt as we are now joined by two other fun-loving chai-sipping girlfriends. Joining us now are two dynamic girlfriends who, like us, have found a purpose with their friendship and lots of fun along the way. Well, Lori Wilhite serves alongside her husband, Judd, 
who is the senior pastor at Central Christian Church in Las Vegas. They love getting to be part of God, changing Sin City into Gray City. Mm. And Lori's the founder and co-leader of Leading It and Lo- Leading and Loving It. I always want to put an extra it in there. <laughs> she and Judd have two amazing kids, Emma and Ethan, and the world's cutest bulldog, Roxy. Well, Lori is slightly Jane Austen obsessed and should buy stock in Starbucks since chai lattes are a necessity for her. And I share that passion. <laughs> and I have to tell you a little bit about Brandy. She is married to Pete, who is a senior pastor at Cross Point Church in Nashville. And Cross Point is a multi-site church that was planted in the fall of 2002. Brandy is the co-leader of Leading and Loving It. And Pete and Brandy have three boys, Jet, Gage, and Brewer. And I love those names. When Brandy isn't wrangling boys, she's enjoying reading, hiking, social networking, and spending time with friends. Lori and Brandy are also the authors of the recently published book, like we had mentioned, Leading and Loving It. So welcome, girlfriends, to our show. Thank you, guys. Hello. 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 Absolutely. Okay. We're excited to be here. We are so excited to have you guys. We've been talking about you behind your back on the radio already. So I hope you're, you know, you're listening <laughs> a little bit. But, okay, Lori, you're from Las Vegas, and Brandy, you're from Nashville. And Patty and I both have been to your cities together and had very memorable experiences in both of your cities. So well, if I recall, um, actually, when Lisa, when we were in Nashville, she claimed it, that that was her town. And so that whole entire trip was all about her. It, it even down getting a car. She got to pick, I think you picked an orange Jeep or something, everything. Oh, my God. Well, and, and Brandy, I share your love for country music, and so Patty is like is like Lori on your music style, and so I went, you know, the whole country music hall of fame and the tour and all that kind of stuff. So I was so into that, and I I drug Patty along because I did claim Nashville for that reason. So anyway, I, I'm so happy to hear that you're a country music fan because that's like one of the only areas Lori and I don't connect on. Is she really has no love for country music, and I'm I don't realize that there any other music exists. Exactly. <laughs> well, we, I know, Patty and I, we, we agree to disagree in our music style. So, um, I, Brandy, I'm going to have to come back and hang with you in Nashville, and we'll do the country thing. I'm all over that. And Keith Urban, I know you I would love to see I, I do have a, a little uh, brush on Keith Urban. Nothing that crosses any lines, but, you know, I, I do keep my pictures of him in the way of myself well, that would be awesome. Okay, well, we're going to jump right in because we, we know there's a lot that um, we want to hear from you guys. And you guys have done a fantastic job with your book and and just addressing a lot of issues on leadership. And, and we've been talking to you about casting the vision once you do kind of understand what you're what your vision is, but you guys, just through even your, your stories and just being real with that, as, as leaders, it's, it's so great to hear and go, okay, I'm not alone in this, and other people are struggling with this too, so to identifying. In, in your, the first chapter of your book, it's called Influence, and you talk about using the word leader with women and how so many times women shy away from that term, and, and Patty and I both ran across that same scenario years ago when we were doing our girlfriend's ministry, and we would say, come, come lead with us and do this and they would they would go no 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 I, I I'm not a leader and we couldn't get them involved so we we came up with kind of our own terminology and it was kind of a fun you know we called it we said why don't you be a fun facilitator and and do this and they're like okay we can we can do that and they didn't realize they were leading so we didn't want to tell them that you know the grown-up word of facilitator was leadership um and so they eventually <laughs> embraced the word leader but 
for, for you guys, how and when did you realize you were a leader and how did you see your influence as something significant? Well, I think probably for both of us, it was a long time coming. Even after we married our husbands, we knew we married amazing leaders who were very gifted by God to do what they were doing, but kind of fell into that, um, um, you know, almost you know, by accident a little bit. We, we were uh, kind of by proxy leaders. And so we didn't embrace that term, either one of us, for a long time. I know for me, um, uh, leadership was something that was very scary, like just exactly like what you were talking about. I, I love facilitator. That I'm totally adopting that word. That was awesome. And it's way less scary than what leadership sounds like. But it was a process over really for me probably ten years of really understanding that because God um, put me in the role He had for me, and He had called me into ministry. Just that, and that was that gave me influence in the lives people, and because of that, it gave me leadership, and it didn't have to be scary, it could be a great thing, that if I embraced it, and I let God be in it, I could really enjoy it, but it took me a long time to get over the scary factor of leadership. Yeah, and I think for me, um, I personally knew I wasn't gifted, I don't have leadership, but I'm married, leadership, but I married a man who did, did what? In my mind, leadership was someone who's leading one of them big, like his church, like my husband on the platform, leading his staff, leading his congregation. I didn't realize I didn't that, realize that um, leadership was something I was called to, that to, that sit around and have a hand to God and to find out about it, find out about it, and that it just didn't like, get all of my really tall leaders that were the leaders, and I needed me to leave as a leader. Well, it, it is interesting how um, we do, we take that, that term leadership and it seems so many times women will, will run from that. But when you realize it's just your circle of influence, that we're, we are truly all leading and we're leading the, just the, the people that are around us. Um, I know recently um, I, I heard a gal make a comment that she had made the worship team and um, she said, now that I'm on the worship team, people are going to see me as a leader and I need to change some of my behaviors. I need to maybe not, you know, go into clubs. And she started saying some of the things that she, she was going to change. And I thought, you know, that's interesting. And I, I actually challenged her on that, that um, if why become, because you became, um, or you're on the, the worship team, does that change your, your behavior? Because we represent Jesus no matter what team we're on. And that is just the influence. That is your circle of influence that you you are leading. So it's interesting how we think if we're in a leadership role, then that changes our behavior. And really, our behavior should be that way all the time. It's all, We're always influencing others. You know, I think part of what, I think part of what is scared about leadership, about leadership is the the group of uh, group of ends that I assume that I assume came with leadership. So if so, if I find myself bad or bad or knowledge bad, I'm not a leader. I'm a leader, and then I have a certain expectation that other people have of me, and that's probably what probably what this feeling in it grows. Scary in it is scary. I have a lot of it myself that I wasn't else that I wasn't able to meet, and nervous and nervous about the opinions and the others and the others. And it was a long journey for me to. Figure out, sadly, um, sadly, that, 
that at the end of the day, if I was just, you know, you know, able to get comfortable in the way I see on me and my own skin, you know, you know, leading imperfectly out, you know, my, you know, my weakness, you know, he's, you know, he's perfect in our weaknesses, perfect in our weaknesses, Lord, Lord, that if I can get comfortable in that, then that actually is a great impact and influence, and it doesn't have to be tied to all of those expectations that come along with it. Well, absolutely. And, you know, it's such an interesting topic in in leadership, especially with women, because it's kind of fairly, it's kind of emerging as, you know, women with the leadership. In, in the Christian community, but in, in your book, you talk about leading by, you, you kind of break it down into leading by our words, our actions, our attitudes, and our example. And you know, when you first read that, you go, whoa, that's a lot of responsibility because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like a walking billboard here, you know, and everywhere. Every, and, you know, the reality is when you're in leadership, either as a pastor's wife, a ministry leader, whatever, people are watching you. And whether we are, are cognizant of that or not, people are watching, like you said, the words, the actions, all of that. And And so how do you, how do you juggle that? How do you, how would you say to women, like, that, that's a lot to carry. How do you carry that and still be you? Well, you know, Lori and I, I think one of the big wake-up calls for both of us is we learn the difference in being authentic and transparent. And I think I felt that everyone I ran into at my church, um, you, you girls know how it is. You're in ministry. Like, you run into somebody in the bathroom, and they're going to tell you everything that's gone wrong in their whole week and ask you to pray for them. And, and I love hearing all that stuff, but I wasn't willing to share that with them because there wasn't a relationship um, that went two ways. They saw me as their pastor's wife. Yet I felt like by not letting them know that I struggled with similar things, I wasn't being honest. I wasn't being who I was. And then um, through a long journey of relationships in my life, I really learned the difference between being authentic and being transparent. And I believe that I'm called to be authentic 24-7. I'm called to be brandy, authentically brandy, if I'm at my kid's school, if I'm serving at our church, if I'm at Kroger dealing with the cashier. I'm called to be authentically brandy with everyone I come into contact with. However, I'm not called to be transparent with all of those people. There are a few um, very small circle of ladies, and obviously my husband included in that, not the lady part, small circle, <laughs> um, that I am called to <laughs> <laughs> that I'm called to be transparent with. And those are people that I have history with, that I share things that are going on in my life, and I know that they genuinely want to pray for me. They genuinely are on my side. They want me to get the win. They're going to lift me up when I'm down. They're going to cheer me on when things are going well. But those are the people that I share my pain and my difficulties and my joys with. And um, just for me to learn that, you know, we had our 10-year anniversary at Christ Point last year, and we had a huge picnic afterwards. So our whole church is together. It hasn't happened in years. And we're all together, and I'm deep walking around there, and I love having all those people around. And I probably agree to 112 coffee dates in a three-hour span. <laughs> I truly, I would love to sit down and have coffee with all of those people and to catch up with what's going on. But obviously I can't do that. And if I spend so much time trying to meet the needs, of all of those people, then I'm not even meeting the personal needs that I might have or the needs of my family. So for me, to, to really be able to recognize the difference between authenticity and transparency was a huge wake-up call in ministry. 
Well, and that's a great distinction, and we want to talk more about that, but we're going to have to take a quick break. And we just hope that as you all are listening in on this radio conversation, you're thinking more deeply about your own vision and how you're using your own influence. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back. This is Girlfriend on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose and all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? Well, pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink, Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, we are back with Lori Wilhite and Brandy Wilson talking about all things girlfriends, ministry, vision casting, leadership. Well, Lori and Brandy are co-leaders of Leading and Loving It, a ministry connecting, encouraging, and equipping pastors, wives, and women in leadership. It was founded in 2008, and it is a thriving community of women across the country and around the world. They are also the authors of a recently published book, Leading and Loving It, Encouragement for Pastors, Wives, and Women in Leadership. And we are just having a blast with these guys today and just talking about leadership. And as women, can we actually lead and love it? And they would say yes. And we would say too, that yes, too. Well, and that was a good tip, Brandy, what you were just talking about with um, just being genuine and authentic no matter where you are. You're not, you're not wearing a mask when you're in different places. And it's funny because I was just having a conversation with another girlfriend doing who is in ministry. And she was saying her daughter 
said, hey, mom, you might need to be aware. She's a little bit more introverted. And with that, I think um, introverts have a tendency to observe more and they forget that people are also observing them. And her daughter said, you might want to, um, you know, if you're happy, let your face know it, that your, your normal face when you're just walking across the campus kind of looks like the Wicked Witch of the West. <laughs> <laughs> like, only, only a daughter, you know, only a child will be so honest with you. But I thought that is good information because so many times, you know, we, we do, we want to be genuine. We want to be authentic. And yet um, we also need someone to breathe into us to go. Sometimes your genuine self might not be the best um, face <laughs> out there because other people see it as you're being grumpy. So that that's just funny. And And speaking of grumpy, one of the, the going into this segment that we wanted to talk about is we hear so many times from women when you're doing ministry, just that burnout is inevitable. And uh, we, we know that the answer is to pray about it. But also, you know, God surrounds us with people who can share from their experience on how to cope with the ups and downs of just being fried. And so what, what would you guys bring to the table and, and from your experience in ministry on how to, to deal or just avoid the burnout? Oh, <laughs> I wasn't sure if Lori was going to jump in there, but, you know, I think there are several <laughs> things we can do um, to avoid burnout. And I do think relationships are a huge piece of that. And I, um, which we've already hit on, so I'm not going to re-go there. But I also think um, lots of times when you're in that burnout, um, you might need help that a friend can't provide. And, you know, we're huge advocates of Christian counseling at Leading and Loving It. And and um, lots of times that's frowned on when someone is in leadership that they might, be, you know, see a counselor. But we think that there are some things that you just can't get through on your own and you do need a third party that you can take things to who will help you process and and hear things, and, you know, we recommend Christian counseling to ladies all the time. Now, you might have to go to the next city to do it if you're afraid you're going to walk out and see somebody you know sitting in the counselor's office. It's not going to be easy. Um, I have a couple of girlfriends who have done phone counseling with great Christian counselors who offer that just for privacy reasons. But um, I do think lots of times burnout goes hand-in-hand, you know, lots of times with depression or issues like that. The other thing about burnout is sometimes – you know, we get burned out because we're doing way too much. We're doing the things that God hasn't called us to, but we feel mm-hmm. like somebody has to do them if we're not who he is. Um, so I think, you know, I think lots of times in ministry, there are lots of lots of things that fit into our lives as women. You look at the mom hat and the friend hat and the daughter hat and the wife hat and then whatever your role is at your church hat. And then you're volunteering at school as room mom and all that kind of stuff that, Lots of times life can just get overwhelming, and we chase this, you know, mythical idea that we need more of a balanced life when, you know, balance really isn't achievable. Um, you know, if you lined up a jar and put each – a jar represented each of your commitments, and you filled it with sand with the level of um, time and energy each of those were going to take, you wouldn't expect all of your jars to be even, because if I have the same amount of sand in my ring mom jars, I do in my – marriage jar, then either, you know, my marriage is suffering or I'm the best room mom in the world. So I think, you know, figuring out what is a healthy pace of life 
for you and your family. And that's such a individual assessment that you can't just look at how someone else does it and mimic that. You really have to dig in and have conversations with your husband and your children. And, and that's where those conversations with transparent people can also be helpful. And figure out what is a healthy pace of life for you to maintain and realize that there are going to be busy seasons. Um, we're all in them right now with Christmas. We don't have busy Christmases in the church, but that there is an end to that and that you don't live life at that really hurried, frantic pace, chasing a balance that's unachievable. And, and that balance, that's such a good point, Brandy. I, I know for me, um, I was trying to do so much with, I was, I was working outside of the home and also doing ministry. And then I still felt obligated because my my mom had been there so much for um, when I was a child as the room mom and she was doing all the parties. And so I, I know in, in my own journey, I was doing that for my kids until I finally had um, a really neat mentor in my life say, you know, you realize you don't have to be the room mom. <laughs> and I didn't like doing that at all. It was more of, I need to do this because this is what I know. This is what my yeah. mom did for me. And I think in that balance, really looking at, like you said, the, the jars of sand. And, and if, if you absolutely do not like doing those specific things and remove it, you don't yeah. have to do it just because you feel that um, it's an obligation. Yeah. You know what I realized about myself the other day or when to start a school this fall is that because I was a room mom last year and I loved it. My fifth grader said, you've never been my room mom and I'm getting ready to leave elementary school. So I did it out of guilt. But um, <laughs> moving, And I enjoyed it, but I don't want to do it every year. And moving into this school year, you know, I kind of felt guilty because I, I didn't want to be super involved at school. Lorena had a lot going on this fall with leaving 11 and I just knew I couldn't. So I laughed at myself because I realized, you know who I am? I'm the paper plate mom this year. I'm the mom who I'm running in the doors of open house to get to those sign-up sheets. So I can sign up for paper goods for every party and feel like I've done something, but yet it didn't take a ton of time. So sometimes we're the paper goods mom, and I'm totally happy being the paper goods mom. <laughs> That's a great tip. That is a great tip. Well, you guys, in your book, you talk about one of the chapters is burnout and discouragement. And, and Lori, I know that you and I have had some conversations past, you know, a little bit about, you know, it, it has its ups and downs in, in, in the journey. How do you deal with, with the discouragement that is inevitable, that happens to all of us, but we, we find great comfort when we know somebody else is discouraged too, you know, there's a lot of, you know, pain is a great connector. How do you deal with the discouragement that come along the way? I don't think we can hear Lori. <laughs> I don't know I can hear her either. Brandy, how do you guys handle the discouragements that come? Well, you know, that is actually, that's so funny that you're asking Lori that question because Lori answers this question way better than I do. But, um, I, you know, I think a lot of that discouragement, it can come in. Oh, hello. Watch us. Hi. Hey, I'm back. <laughs> Lori. Lori, yeah, so this us. question is yours. <laughs> well, I wish I could have heard the brilliance that you were imparting because I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> of course it well, was, I, of course. Let, I, do you want me to just jump in over you, Brandy? Yes, go for it. I said, actually, this is a question Lori would answer way better than me, <laughs> so you go for it. 
Well, this is something that I've really struggled with in our 17 years of ministry. I've had lots of um, times of discouragement and even times, a couple of years of just, you know, a lot of depression. And um, it is so helpful to know that you're not alone in that. I think a lot of times we feel like we've got to give people answers to their questions. I, in fact, Lisa, I think I was at a conference that you were at as well, and I walked around at that conference and asked everybody the same, like, five questions. I think every pastor's wife there heard the same five questions from me. And I finally thought, why am I continually asking these same questions? Because these women are giving me answers. And it, I realized, well, I don't want answers. What I want is to know I'm not alone. I'm not alone in the struggle. I'm not alone in this challenge. I'm not alone in this depression that I'm facing. And that is a huge thing um, for me that has helped me, you know, get encouragement and, and kind of stop what is sometimes the, the downward spiral. Um you know, that can happen when discouragement kind of takes hold. And sometimes I think when we're in those moments of discouragement and um, depression even, we are like further locked away in isolation, which mm-hmm. can be really dangerous. I know when I was struggling with depression, I didn't even open the blinds of my house, much mm-hmm. less, you know, sit and talk with somebody about what was going on in my life. And so um, in leadership, we're often isolated. But when you're also struggling with, you know, great discouragement or depression, that isolation becomes almost drowning. Mm-hmm. And for me to break that, I had to develop some relationships and that is not easy. And, you know, you guys um, are so blessed with your friendship with each other. And and I'm so grateful for my friendship with Brandy. A lot of women in leadership don't have those kinds of relationships. Mm -hmm. And so they have to really seek those out and do a lot of praying um, that God will bring them friends um, to encourage them and help kind of walk that journey with them. And we put a lot of energy and effort behind that, leading and loving it, trying to help people make those connections so that they don't have to walk ministry or walk leadership alone. Um, God did not design us for that. And so uh, we have to put a lot of extra energy and effort into getting that so that we can, um, there's a great uh, Bible verse. I'm going to totally mess it up, but it basically says <laughs> that we, you know, we need each other so that no one falls behind or drops out. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're in danger of when we're in discouragement. We're in danger of falling behind or dropping out in leadership or ministry or life. And we need each other to lift each other up and encourage each other. And so um, that was huge for me in those times. Mm-hmm. And and that is, it's so great to hear that. Um, I think we once again in casting the vision just to hear that over and over and over again because I you know we we talk about that all the time. You 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 can't do this alone. No lone rangerettes, and that is why Jesus sent the disciples out in twos. I I'm assuming because you do need each other to to pick each other up, like you said. Otherwise, if you're if you're left behind there, then Satan wins. The enemy is having a heyday. And, and what we've that. noticed is like when one is down, one may usually up and vice versa. So it's like you, you, you need the other person to be pulling on you and, and something that you can lean into. And it's so great. Like you said, you found with each other and we have found that. Well, unfortunately, we have to leave. And we just want to thank you again, Lori Wilhite and Brandy Wilson, for joining us, the, the co-leaders of Leading It and Loving It. You can learn more information on our website. And we just challenge you to, to understand your vision and to keep casting it. Have a great day. Thanks, guys.
Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. <laughs> 